Uh, hey guys, Barry William E. Maglidi here, back for another episode of the Comeback Game podcast. Uh, today, I'm joined by John Pemberthy from Legit Online. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have a chat with you. Mate, stoked to be here. Uh, where are you calling in from today? Uh, we, oh, I've come from the office. We were just talking just before we, we went live that we just moved house, so the house is full of boxes. So I come to the office, which is just outside of Canterbury in the, in, in the UK. Yeah, no, I was just sharing too with you that uh, if you go down here, the view's not that amazing. <laughs> but uh, we've actually just moved as well and uh, haven't got the office set up. So, uh, UK, mate. So, look, we met uh, God, nearly, nearly two years ago now, a while ago. Uh, in where did we meet? That was in, um, that was at a ClickFunnels event. Well, that was Orlando. Orlando, yeah, it was. And so we met, kind of uh, hit things off, hung out a bit, had some meals together, stayed in contact. And uh, look, I thought it'd be great to get you, on the, get you on the show today, just to kind of share with the guys around your journey to, to where you come from. Like, uh, I was lucky enough or fortunate enough to actually come across you long before you first met. Uh, you kind of stalked me all online with some of the courses and things <laughs> that you ran. And, you know, see now that you're doing some amazing things online, uh, generating millions of dollars in revenue, helping hundreds of people around the world. Um, but before we kick off, can you just share with the people out there today, like, who are you uh, and what is it you do? Uh, yeah, so my, my businesses and my companies have, have evolved over the past few years. I mean, when I first, when I first got started, gosh, we, I mean, we're looking at, I mean, I'm only 26 now, but I've been kind of messing around online since I was 15. It's about 11 years just like trying to, you know, like the first beginning part was just trying to, you know, grow, grow an income online. That was like, I didn't really care what I did. I was, I was young. I kind of, um, I felt creative. I didn't really, I didn't really understand why only adults could make money and kids couldn't. So I was just like, let's just find something to do. So they kind of started there and I was messing around with things like eBay and buying and selling. eBay days. Yeah, dude, absolutely. When I was, I was 15, I was buying and selling on, on eBay, like little electrical items and whatnot. Then that kind of evolved to wholesaling, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then I remember, I remember the day where the first kind of switch happened where I was, um, I, I bought a, a program, a training course that was going to teach me how to grow the eBay business. And I bought it and it was a course on, uh, from ClickBank, right? And so I paid like 70 bucks or whatever it was. And then they had an affiliate program attached to it and you could get 75% <laughs> commission. And I was like, 75% commission on a product that I haven't created. And I'm like, I just have to tell people about it. So that opened my world up to affiliate, affiliate marketing. And I went through there and, you know, long story short, did a lot of stuff with affiliate marketing and, and, and did a couple of seven figures over there. And that was great fun. And then, and then I really found a passion for teaching that stuff. It's like teaching what I had done and how I'd been able to do that. And that kind of evolved into where we are now, which is our marketing education company. And this is now we're talking another, you know, five, six year jump. Um, and we have multitude of training programs from YouTube ads to Facebook ads to email marketing webinars, you know, that, that whole process um, of growing your business online. And so what we specialize in right now is taping, taking people who have, have an idea or have a product and a service that they're trying to sell online and they're struggling. And we'll show them how to package that up, how to build a sales funnel around that, and then how to load it up with traffic that actually converts and grows the business. That's kind of you know, our specialty right now. Yeah, so you guys right now, you've got a number of different courses. One I see that you're um, is pushing out there is your YouTube ads. And I remember probably 18 months ago, we were chatting and you said, dude, like YouTube is one of the platforms uh, on the internet today. And I see that not only are you guys getting great results, but you're also helping a lot of other people get great results on YouTube as well. Um, where do you think YouTube's going as a platform? Interesting question. Interesting question. Um, where is it going as a platform? 
Yeah, like what, kind are, of, what, what, are, what are the opportunities that are on LinkedIn right now? Because if you look at Facebook, right? Like the ad cost of Facebook, people are complaining about still ridiculously cheap to advertise on Facebook. Yeah. What do you think of the opportunities for people out there right now that are in business uh, through YouTube? Well, I kind of I put it this way. This, this is the way we describe it to the people that come to us for help. We're kind of like saying, look, when you, and by the way, I want to set some context. We still spend a considerable amount of money on Facebook. So we still love Facebook. Like it's like, like you've just said, like it, you can still get traffic cheap enough to make that really work over there. The people that are saying that Facebook doesn't work, they're the ones doing things wrong, right? So Facebook still is great. But the, the difference with YouTube is that on Facebook, you're targeting someone that you think will be interested in what you've got going on. So like, let's say you're targeting, you know, someone else's fan page, or you're targeting someone who's displayed an interest at some moment in time in a particular brand or, or, or a topic, whatever it is, you're kind of interrupting them in that moment and kind of guessing what they might like. Whereas on YouTube, you're targeting people who in that very moment are looking for what you have to offer. So mm. like every single day, people are going in and typing in specific key phrases. Like think about it. you got, if someone listening right now, if you've got like, um, a weight loss product, right? Or you're teaching someone how to get fit. Like it doesn't get any more targeted than going onto YouTube and targeting people who are in that very moment, literally typing into YouTube. How do I lose weight? How mm. do I get fit? How do mm. I like, it doesn't get any better than that. And you can, you can target people based on the videos that they're watching. So mm. for me, it's like, it's just a completely different platform. Facebook's yeah. still great, but you're targeting people who have displayed an interest at some point in time on YouTube. You're targeting people who literally right now in this very moment, are wanting what you have to offer. And it's 1.8 billion people on there. And they're, 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 those are just people that are actively logging on and have an account. That doesn't account for people who like are just going on there browsing while they're not logged in. So, you know, there's an abundance of, of opportunity over there and, and a lot of people are missing it. Yeah. I, I think too, one thing that I noticed is the psychology is very different to people on YouTube than on Facebook. Like you said, like people naturally are, are drawn to Facebook um, through some form of connection with friends and families uh, and things like that. Whereas when they're logging into YouTube, they're in the psychology of, of wanting to actually watch video. And yep. typically that they haven't logged on to YouTube to watch a 15 second clip, Like they're prepared to spend five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe even half an hour uh, on YouTube watching specific videos. And so the psychology is very different. I noticed myself, it's like, I'll log on to watch a video and an ad will pop up. And nine times out of 10, I watch a considerable amount of that ad. Even if, even if it's not relative to me now, of course I'm a marketer and business owner. I do like to watch from that perspective, but I find myself drawn in just purely because that's that that's the, the level of awareness and where my head is at when I'm actually logging onto YouTube versus Facebook. Often you just keep scrolling and not even look at people's ads. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. The the, the average time, the, the other average length of a video now is over ten minutes on YouTube. So like. If you think about it that way, like people on YouTube are trained. They're literally trained to sit through 10 minute videos on average. Yeah, so most likely they're, on, they're on the toilet as well, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and, so, but what, and what we found YouTube works really well for is sales funnels that take, uh, that there's a slightly longer customer journey. You know what I mean? Like, so for example, with our webinars, our webinars work really well for YouTube traffic because, and it works well for Facebook too, but for YouTube, we, we can see in our stats, the engagement is higher because they're coming from a platform where they are used to sitting there and watching, you know, ex, mm. you know video for extended periods of time. So watching a mm. webinar is, is not that much, it's not that much longer, you know? Mm. Mm. So let's, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Like what I'd like to know is, is the, the journey of John. All right, if you look back over the last 10 or 15 years of your life, like what were some of the biggest challenges or adversities that you had to get through? And it might've only been a year or two ago as well, but what have been some of the biggest challenges and adversities that you've been through uh, within yourself personally, but also within your business to get to where you are today? Because I think that 
uh, you'll agree that, that those challenges actually create the, the, the biggest amount of success and reward mm -hmm. for us in life is that at the time, they don't seem like that. But when we reflect on these challenges, when we reflect on these adversities, we can see how much of a blessing they were in our life. But what have some of those challenges been for you? Well, I've got two, two come to mind, one, one personal and one business related. So personal would have been um, going right back to the beginning. So kind of coming out of school, school was a real struggle for me. I, I didn't get on very well with it at all. Um, I was a terrible student. I didn't respect any of the teachers. I didn't respect, you know, this, this whole idea that I've got to sit in a room and, and, and write on a piece of paper for eight hours a day. I just, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me at all. Um, so I, I was a real troublemaker at school, you know, and it kind of got to the point where I was driving my parents up the wall because I just, I would get kicked out of almost every lesson because I'd be in the class clown messing around, um, you know, and it got to the point where the, the school were trying to get me out, right? So um, they were basically alluding to my parents through letters and all sorts that they were going to try and exclude me from school. And my parents were really fighting for me to be able to stay there. And there's this whole, this whole you know, palaver that, that followed. And it got to the point where I ended up spending... By the time I left school, I was only actually going to school two days out of five because the other three days I was doing two days work experience, which was just an excuse to get me out. And one day my dad was home tutoring me because they said that we can't afford to put him out for work experience another day. So my dad sacrificed the day of his work to, uh, to stay home and, and home tutor me just so I didn't get excluded. So there's all this craziness going on. But the, but the really, really funny thing, kind of, was that the work experience I was doing, I was working in a, um, I was working in a sports center. And I was doing just random odd jobs that they needed and I was doing some work in the cafe. And, um, and the report that my school was getting from the work experience was that I'm like, I, I'm doing an amazing job. I'm better than most of their employees that as soon as I finish school, they'll give me a job straight away. And yet the school were giving me these red card reports saying like, he's terrible. And he's getting... So like there was this thing going on here and the only thing I can put it down to is I just, I didn't, I, I, I don't do very well. Like sat down just like doing that. I don't want to do that. I want to be out there getting active, doing something. So remember that being a real struggle, not only for me, you know, um, but also my parents, I put them through a lot. But then mm. when we left school, then when I had that freedom to like, I can kind of do whatever I want, you know, I didn't then want to fall into that kind of standard I don't know. I don't want to say um, just a poor choice of words I was going to say, but like I didn't want to fall into that same process of just like just go find a job and, and go through the motions. I was like, I want to do something different. You know, I just that's just the way my brain worked. So um, that's when I started looking into to growing businesses and, and kind of got into the, the whole eBay thing. So that, that was that, that, that was one kind of journey that I've gone through. The one that is um, to do with specifically business related I remember one of the first things that I got really good at and that I started doing very well was ranking these little videos on YouTube. This was during my affiliate marketing days, right? I got, got super good at it. Like I would just pick any keyword that I wanted to target. I would find an affiliate product that I can link that up to. Um, and, and I'd shoot a quick little video saying, hey, are you looking to, uh, are you searching for how to lose weight in two weeks? Well, if you are, there's this great program that might be able to help you. Click a link and go check it out. So I would rank for that key term. So I'd watch that and go, I'll oh, check it out. And I'd make a few sales. I was ranking for everything, dude. Like Barry, I was, I was ranking for how to grow taller, how to jump higher, how like all these crazy terms that had an affiliate product. Like people pay, people pay 50 bucks to learn how to jump higher, you know, and to grow taller and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it, they, they were just information products like telling you how to stretch yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to be taller, then just hang from a bar 10 minutes a day, you know, all this crazy stuff. But, um, but that was going really, really well for me. And I remember getting to a point where I was making, you know, a few thousand dollars, you know, a month, sometimes up to $10,000 a month. 
And uh, that was the point where I was like, right, I'm moving out of home. I'm leaving my parents. I'm going to get my own place, you know? And I kind of like, I kind of, um, you know, I, I did that. I moved out, got my own place. And I remember my YouTube account got shut down. And it was like, it happened overnight. I logged in. And this was only about two months after I'd moved, you know, out from my parents into my own house. Now I've got bills. I've got responsibilities. And um, I remember just logging in and my, my affiliate account just said zero. And I was like, what's going on? This is weird. So I checked and YouTube had like pulled my account down. And I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the short version. Um, but essentially what had happened is, you might remember this, Barry. Back about, I don't know, seven years ago. Gosh, it really would be about seven years ago. You, you, it was really easy to flag someone else's video on YouTube. They literally had a little flag icon. And if you didn't like it, you could just flag it as inappropriate, right? They've, they've kind of, they, they've, they've bolted that down a bit better now. But what was basically happening is I was just ranking all over the place for all these different keywords. So my competition were then flagging my videos to try and get me pulled down. And if enough people flagged your video, YouTube would prioritize the community, i.e. my competitors, over that one video that apparently people didn't like. So enough videos got pulled down and the channel got pulled down. And I remember that being a really traumatic moment because I was just thinking like, I've just moved out, like I've got a house. So then I remember building that up again I just decided, look, I've just got to pick myself back up. Let's build another YouTube channel. Built it again. Long story short, another hundred videos or so. Like, you know, got my income back up. YouTube account got shut down again. The second time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I, mem I remember vividly, dude, I remember the, 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 the thought in my head of like, this is all I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just remember just thinking like, I don't know anything else. Like, all I know how to do is, is create a YouTube channel and rank videos. And I remember literally thinking like, there's no other way for me to make money. Like this is all that I know. So like, it's really, it's really fascinating now to look back and think all the other stuff I've done and like how you, it's that whole thing of you just don't know what you don't know. Um, but that, that was, that was a difficult time. I remember that. It raises a good point though. You share around diversification and this is where uh, I, I see, uh, we see it's so many business owners that get into strife. Like there's a number of, number of clients that are off the top of my head that have come to us because they they build a business that's relied on, on word of mouth. And they built this business, this half a million dollar, this million dollar, two million dollar business, purely off word of mouth. They've never had to learn how to advertise before. And then all of a sudden overnight, the leads stop flowing in, the, the referrals stop flowing in and they're like, holy shit, what do I do? How do I move ahead? But I also see a lot of other businesses that, um, you know, they're onto a good thing with Facebook for argument's sake. And so that's where they spend, yeah, that, that's where they spend all their media buy. That's where they put all their focus and attention Yet, you know, there was a time three months ago, I think it was Facebook was doing an update and like our ads crashed out. They kept on getting turned off. They kept on getting disapproved, not because anything was wrong, but because they're doing an update that was glitchy. And I think the point that you raised there though, that there's a lesson to be learned into that around diversification is just, you know, the times when things are going so well in your business, that's the perfect opportunity for you to invest and divest your money into other things. Like if you've got a Facebook campaign right now that's killing it, or, or that's, that's profitable, why not invest some of that money into experimenting with Google or with YouTube or something else out there rather than just, uh, you know, running with it while it's going well. Yeah. That, that's, well actually, that's, actually, that's actually why right now we, we teach, you know, the people that come to us for kind of like an all-in-one help, like we say, look, don't, don't necessarily just rely on Facebook as a traffic source or YouTube as a traffic source or Instagram, like you, you, as quickly as you can, you want to diversify 100% because otherwise you're putting all your eggs in one basket. If YouTube yeah. goes down, your business goes down. If Facebook goes down. Well, your ad, ad account gets disapproved. It wouldn't be the first time yeah. Facebook's disapproved an ad account. Yeah.
Yeah. What was the biggest le- lesson that you got out of that? Like, like second time round, obviously first time round, you're like, Oh shit, let's just uh, start up to the other again. What was the, what, what do you think was the key lesson that you've taken out of that into business now? Key, key lesson that second time round. Well, it is kind of what we've already been talking about. You know, it's kind of like, all right, well, this, this is one opportunity. This is one thing I've been doing. Like, I need to fish around and find some other stuff. Like, you know, I just go back to the internet and see the abundance of people that are doing, you know, building an income, building a business with multitude of other things. So it's like, okay, there is other stuff being done. There's other things I can do. So like that, that was probably the biggest lesson because the, the, the cliche lesson would have probably, you know, the cliche answer would have probably been, you know, don't give up and persevere. But like, I've always been that type of person. Like I didn't need a, you know, a particular life lesson. <laughs> I've always just been like that, which is why like, you know, when those things occurred, like there wasn't ever a thought in me that was like, right, I'm just going to, you know, give up or throw in the towel. It was like, right, let's find a way around this. You know, it's always the case. I remember, um, and we're kind of going a bit off topic here, but I'm, we've got this thing in the UK called VAT, right? Value added tax for, so for everyone that purchases a course of ours, uh, you know, here in the UK or in places in Europe, you've got to add 20% VAT. Long wow. story short, um, you know, f- through my ignorance and, and, uh, and negligence, didn't, I didn't have things set up properly. So when I was doing my end of year accounts, got a tax bill at the end of the year for like 80,000 pounds, which is about 110, you know, a thousand US dollars. And I was like, crikey, that's a lot. And I, so I'm like, and we, we had an event coming up at that point in time. This was a couple of years, but I had an event coming up that was about to cost me uh, 60,000 pounds, about 80,000 US and a couple of other things. I remember literally th- feeling like, whoa, these numbers are overwhelming. Um, but there was never a moment of just like, ah, fine. It's like, we're just going to throw in it. It's like, no, we just plug holes. That's just the way we do it. It's just like, right. Okay. Things aren't going the way that the problems have come up. Things have gone wrong. We, we plug those holes. We find solutions, you know? And so we did exactly that. We just found solutions and put things in place. That mean that doesn't happen again. Um, I then realized how much a recurring monthly income would be really, really cool. So, because I don't want to be in a position again where it's like, get, get in, end of the month, we've got a big bill and it's like, right, crap, we better sell something to, to cover that bill. So then we start. so then I, I launched a recurring model, you know, and we, we launched a membership that's $200 a month and we put over a thousand people through that. So now we've got a really comfortable monthly retainer that's, that's rock and rolling on that. So things are really, really comfortable. So it's just kind of like, it's just that whole thing. I've kind of gone off on one a little bit, but it's just, you, things go wrong. You just plug holes, you know, you just learn from it and plug, plug those holes. Yeah. So, so have you always been like that? Do you think you've always been, been driven in a big bell? Yeah, I, I do actually. I'm, I really enjoy problem solving. If there's a problem, you know, like I want to, I, I want to solve it, you know, and, and um, it's, it's always just kind of been in my nature. I've always done that, you know, it's ever since a young age, which is why I think I didn't kind of get on well with school. Cause I just didn't want to be sat in a classroom, you know, looking at a whiteboard. I wanted to be out like just you know, discovering the world and finding out, you know, it's just, that, that's just the way I've been wired, you know, since, since a young age. Yeah. I, I suppose that's my next, next question is like, you know, I can imagine growing up in that environment at school. I can, I can relate to it because that was very much my experience at school. Like I, I was lucky enough. I could say lucky enough, probably unlucky that uh, I, I did manage to stay in school five days a week, but I certainly didn't do very well with my grades. I certainly didn't get along well with the teachers. My parents certainly were called in for way too many, uh, way too many meetings with the principal and, and vice principal. Um, like I can imagine how disheartening that would have felt at school to, to, to feel like you don't fit in. What was the experience that you had through that though? Like what, what did you make it mean about yourself? In, interestingly enough, like I, it, when I look back on it, I don't, I don't remember looking back and being and feeling kind of like, 
like a bit of an outcast or feeling like um I don't like like I didn't fit in again that that never really crossed my mind actually funnily enough like it was more just this thought of I don't I don't want to I don't want to be here and this is frustrating um but I never really you know it's kind of you look back on that age or look back on when I was that age and think you know you're quite naive and you don't really think everything through so I don't remember actually feeling like I didn't fit in I just remember just feeling like this is frustrating I just want to be out in the world doing something you know so in terms of answering your question of what what did I learn through that um it's a tricky one I don't I don't I've never actually looked back and thought you know what what did I specifically learn from that from that process yeah I find that question hard to answer actually Mm. And, and more so too, like what, do you remember what you made it mean about yourself? Because, you know, there, there's probably a number of ways you could have come through that experience, you know, from feeling like, Hey, I'm, I'm not like others. I don't fit in, uh, mm. you know, and seen, seen in somewhat a negative way, right. Mm. As opposed to, um, I'm not like others. I don't fit in. Um, screw you guys. I'll, I'll go out there and do it my way. You know, like I'll go out there and succeed. Because I think that this is a, like a recent episode we recorded with Dan and Derek's, we talked about um, Alex Sharfman's principle around mm. being an evolutionary hunter, uh, who's, who's also one of our previous guests as well. And he has this, this, this understanding or this belief around uh, the entrepreneur archetype and, mm. and around us being these, uh, you know, these, these hunters essentially and, and how it's bred in our DNA. And it's just interesting to note that, I've, I've found, you know, we've interviewed a bunch of entrepreneurs now that they all share this similar kind of a trait, this similar client, kind of like an itch that they can't quite scratch. Mm. You know, question I've got, like, do you, do you find that you can actually stop thinking about work, like business? Do you actually find that you can take a holiday, you can have time off and, and you're able to physically stop your brain thinking about business? No, <laughs> no, I, I, I struggle with that. I, I do. Cause I, it, it, the way, the way that I describe it to, to some people that I speak to that are kind of outside of my entrepreneurial circle is like when I, when I talk to people who are, are working their, their day job or they're, they're in the position of work that they're in, the reason why they kind of want to shut off from it at the weekends or in the evenings is because it, it feels like a disconnect. It feels like here's my, here's my life. And like, here's my work. And like, I want to have a shut off from it because like I'm just doing work to pay the bills and doing work to have a career, but then I kind of want to have my life. Whereas like I get a kick out of my business. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you, you feel the same. Probably a lot of your guests are like, I, I get a real kick out of it. I enjoy it. Like feeling creative. I really, it's like I had this conversation with my, with my wife recently. We just went away about, when was it? Last month. And we went to Thailand um, for just over a week. We went to Singapore for a few days. Um, so we're, go we're going on this trip just short of a couple of weeks. You know, and we, we, had a, we had a really interesting conversation just before we left because we were basically telling each other how we would most enjoy the holiday. You know, and she was saying, she was saying to me, like, I, I, I will most enjoy the holiday if you are not on your phone, like, not, <laughs> like, not, not taking notes and, like, just present with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, so let's do that. Let's compromise. We'll do but on my side, you need to understand something. The way my brain works is if, if you try and get me to just shut off completely from thinking about anything to do with yeah, I'm, I'm not just talking about like replying to some mindless emails that maybe are not enjoyable, but, but I need to be taking notes from ideas that I'm having or like just writing some stuff down or like reading a book. Like I've got to be doing that. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy the holiday. I'm not going to enjoy it just being sat in a sun lounger, like not, like, like not doing anything. Like that, I wouldn't be, it doesn't work with me. So, uh, so yeah, I do find it hard to switch off. It's because I enjoy it so much. Not because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a fortunate position right now where I have a great team around me. 
I could go away for two weeks and not think about it and things would, would, would be just fine. But I want to think about it. That's the difference, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's, I suppose that's what can I was can getting at. It's, can, can, I, can I ask you that question? How, how do you find it? Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm a nightmare to be around. If you try, I've had, I've had very similar conversations with my partner. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better now than I used to be, but in the beginning, it's like, you know, how, how are you best going to enjoy the holiday? Oh, well, look, if you're not working, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I've got a team, I don't need to work. And then I get, get away and I'm like, I'm on my phone and I'm writing shit down and I'm thinking things and I'm talking about business and driving her crazy. Yeah. Uh, she loves business too and loves to talk about it as well, but, you know, also loves the ability to shut off and enjoy other things in life. And I'm a lot yeah. better now, um, but I find that I turn into like Hulk, like I turn into this beast if I'm like restricted from allowing my creative thoughts to, to kind of yeah. flow. And I suppose that's what I was getting with. Uh, I, I ask a lot of entrepreneurs that question. A lot of them are like, oh, like, yeah, I'm not very good. I'm working on it. And I'm like, are you really? Like, do you really want to work on it? Because here's the thing is that, that, that a lot of entrepreneurs have this uh, pursuit for like financial freedom, for time freedom. Uh, but the reality is, is that most of them, nearly all of them when they get there, they still keep doing what they're doing anyway because it's the love of the, love of what they're doing. It's the love of the creation. It's the love of the experience of building something that is that is most fulfilling above any amount of money or any ability to buy any experience in life. And you know, there's only so long you can sit on a beach for before you get bored. Yeah. You know, especially if you haven't got some sort of business book sitting next to you or the ability to take notes or, or, or dream up the next big stage of life. Yeah. So how do you how do you cope with that then with with her and with other people around you like other friends or other family members that aren't necessarily maybe entrepreneurial minded? Hmm. Well, so it's mainly with um, I, I think the main one, and, and, and I'm not saying this as a negative point, but the main one is with my partner. Um, my, well, my, my which wife. is totally safe. She probably won't listen to the podcast anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but she, she, and she'll probably appreciate what I'm going to say anyway. But that that be the main one, just because obviously I spend the bulk of my time with her, right? So like yeah. that's the that's the relationship that, that, that I'm around the most. So that's the one that we're having to, we're having to work on and figure out. Um, everything else is slightly different, you know, because, um, you know, I'll go and see my parents. They, they love to talk about it and find out what's going on. So I can get all excited about it. Um, if I go and see friends, you know, like that, that's like a one-off event. It's like, right, I'm going to see my friends this evening. So that at, at, in those moments, I quite enjoy shutting off. Um, yeah. It's actually quite interesting. In fact, it, it, it's always kind of like the opposite, funnily enough. You're like, if I'm, if I'm hanging out with someone and someone just wants to ask me about the business, I'm kind of like, no, hold on, I don't want to talk about it right now. I've just done a busy day with it all. I just want to kind of shut off and just hang out with you. <laughs> so like, it's actually quite a, quite a, quite a funny dynamic. Um, but no, so I don't, it's not so much with, with friends because that I find it really easy to shut but off. With for your a partner. Few, yeah. Say it again? But with your partner, you, you find it hard to shut off. Yeah, yeah, and so just because that she, I, I spend the most of my time, you know, with her. But I think we're starting to but, we're starting to figure it out. I, I think it's more than that, though, too. Like I don't know about you, I can only probably speak for myself here, but I find that like when I'm around my partner, it's like something inside of me gets turned on, and I don't, I don't mean sexually. Like something inside of me wakes up, gets turned on, and I have these whole you know creative thoughts and things flow through me that I don't necessarily get when I'm around other people. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, could well be a similar thing here. Maybe, maybe. So maybe they're the source of maybe they're the source of uh, <laughs> the source of our powers. Yeah, source, source of our powers. Yeah. There's, what do they say? Behind every good man's an even better woman. Yep. So for you ladies out there, this one for you. Um, <laughs> so mate, if you were to if you were to go back in time and um, have a conversation with a younger version of John, 
let's say that you go back to a 10 year old version of you. What would you say to him? What advice would you give him? What would you tell him? A 10 year old version of me. I, I, I would definitely, I, 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 as crazy as it sounds, I, I would have told him to pay a bit more attention to school. <laughs> there, there are, there are, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of problems with the, with the schooling system right now, but um, at the same time, I do think there's still a lot of good there as well. And, um, and so that there's a lot of stuff I could have learned there that I just, that I just didn't, I just completely neglected. Um, so I would tell him to concentrate more, more at school. Um, I, I would, it's all the cliche stuff, you know, dude, like, you know, you don't, you don't really appreciate how much your family do for you when you're that age either. You know what I mean? Like how much they're looking after you, the things that they're doing for you, what they're providing for you. So I would, I would have, I, I, if I could go back to 10 years old, like you've asked, I, I would, I would love to have been able to say, you know, to respect my parents more than I did. I did put them through a lot of hell until I, until I matured and got to 16, 17, then things started to change. But up until then, I was just a nightmare, dude. And I, I wish oh. I hadn't put them through a lot of the stuff I had. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, you and, you and me both. Um, yeah, my, my, I certainly helped my old man lose his hair and turn my mum grey, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, the, uh, what's the best advice you've ever, you've ever been given by a mentor or a friend or, or someone you know? Hmm. Best advice. Um, the best. So the, the best advice for me, and I, I, I don't want to make this too, you know, like a uh, kind of taking it into a religious conversation. But you know, I'm 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 very very strong we in my faith. We can totally go there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, I have a very strong faith in in, in Christianity and in, in in Jesus. So I my the main lessons I've learned would have actually been from him. Do you know what I mean? In, in just there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing teachings that Jesus gave. Right. That are just yeah phenomenal to follow you know this the whole thing of forgiveness you know that's a big one like if you just hold on to unforgiveness that's just going to ruin you you know what i mean so like being able to forgive freely you know being able to unconditionally love people you know not judging people that's something that i've struggled with in the past you know judging people it's very it's and and feeling judged yourself that's a difficult one so just like you know that 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 idea of just actually you know we just that, that, that's that's for God to do. That's not for us to do. We don't. Judge. So it's things like that that actually probably is kind of, yeah, as a bit of a unique answer. But there's not really like um, there's not a business statement or phrase that I've taken on board or something general uh, like personal that trumps the advice that I would see in the Bible that has kind of guided me to this point. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, incredible biblical principles that relate heavily into into business as well, right? Were you were you always a man of faith? Were, were you brought up that way, or was it something you found later in life? I, I, I was brought up that way, but I wasn't always um, living that way. You know, my par- my parents are Christians um, in a Christian household. You know, so had that you know that that positive influence on me in that area. But uh, I remember just not living it for the longest time, especially through school. Like I was telling you, I was an absolute nightmare. You know, mm-hmm. getting into some real trouble and and um, and all sorts. And I remember where it's, when I left school, and I was about 16, 17, 18 years old, somewhere in that. I don't know exactly. <laughs> in a gradual process. But I remember then really having a connection with, with God. And I remember him just speaking to me about, you know, are, are you, it's time to make a decision. You know, are you, are you living for me or are you living for the world? And I remember just, just having this, this unconditional urge to just be like, no, I don't, my, my life isn't my own. I want to, I want to live for you. And I've kind of gone on a journey of, of looking into, you know, this faith, not, not just from a standpoint of, you know, you kind of hear that, that the old, like, you know, you just got to have faith, just got to believe, you know, which it is true, but at the same time, and the flip side, it's like, actually, you know, if, if you, if you dig through the historical records, there's, it's kind of, you know, it backs it up too. So I've kind of went through that journey. So 
the thing that I always find interesting is it's easy to have faith when things are going bad. And that's most of the time that people, uh, you know, make that direction is, is, you know, when they're down and out on their knees, do you know mm. what I mean? When they've exhausted a lot of opportunities that that's when they then choose to try to grasp and hold on to faith yeah. or spirituality or something bigger than themselves. But I've certainly noticed a shift in consciousness in the last 10 years in terms of people opening their hearts more to, you know, spirituality, religion, and and things, um, not only in those times of need, but in day-to-day life as well. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And and before we wrap things up, um, still got a few more minutes left. Like, for anyone out there today that's watching or listening to this, that's looking to to make a move online, like, what advice would you give them? You know, maybe maybe they're currently marketing online, but they're just doing some boosted Facebook posts, or maybe they they haven't marketed online at all. What would be your top three tips? Okay, yeah, and I, so I've got I've got two immediately, and I'm sure the third will pop up my head as we go because the, the first one's really really important, which is that you've got to do something that you genuinely love, like that you really really are passionate about. Like if you're, I I do we we, we have a multitude of people that come to us for help, and and, and a bunch of them are already in place with that project that they love, the idea they love. And there's the other portion of people that are just kind of like, you know, I just want to grow a business. And like, I just, it doesn't really matter what I do. So they'll go and find an affiliate product that they don't really kind of care about or resonate with. It's just the idea of just, you know, that, that, that you know, the, the quote unquote, like make money. You know, I just want to make money, grow an income. Um, that's never lasting. Like that just won't work for the long term. Like you have to have an idea that you're passionate about. If you're, if you're, um, if you're promoting an affiliate you know, offer or, or a product that you can't see yourself in a year still talking about in a fanatical way, then it's just not, it's not going to be a good foundation for business. So that, that's the first thing is it, you, your priority, it, 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 let's put it this way, it would be better to prioritize another three months of nothing, no income producing activities, and just take that time to decide what you actually want to do that's going to carry you for the next three, four, five years. Mm. That would be the long-term win. Just trying to make money is a short-term win. Mm. So it's got to be something that you're passionate about. That's the first thing. Mm. Second thing is consistency. You know, like the amount of people I speak to about, you know, the example you just gave about Facebook ads, you know, that there, there is this, there is this kind of strange thinking that a lot of people have when it comes to Facebook that everyone puts so much emphasis on the sales funnel. Right, I've even got one on the, oh yeah, I don't know if you're better to see, I was just drawing some out. We just, I just drew out a big sales funnel on the whiteboard. Like people put so much emphasis on, on a sales funnel and then Facebook for, in this example is just, that's the means of driving traffic. So let's just get some clicks from Facebook. Oh, well I, I've spent 50 bucks and I haven't got, I haven't got anything for that. Like Facebook doesn't work. Mark Zuckerberg's a thief and they run away crying. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Like, why did you put like 90% of your effort into the funnel and just 10% into the ads and just think that they're just going to work. Like it doesn't, that's not how this game works. Like there is a learning curve to Facebook. So the amount of times I hear that, oh, I spent 30 bucks on Facebook and I didn't get a customer. It's like, no. all right, you probably did 10,000 things wrong. And now you've got to go through the, the motions and, and, and learn that and, and correct it. Like, I don't know, it just blows my mind that mm. someone would spend six months building a sales funnel. And what follow? I know you're a ClickFunnels user too. So like following all of Russell's training, going through it, like playing with the editor for six months, and then just think the Facebook's just a turn-on machine. It's not how it works. So that'd be the second thing: is consistency in learning. You know what it is that you're, you know that you're that you're doing, right? So like, if if it's Facebook, double down on it. Like learn, yeah. set aside a budget. Like don't spend more on the ads than you're winning than you're willing to lose. You know, because otherwise, again, you're going to be in a frenzy. You're going to be like, right, this is my last hundred bucks. I've got to put that on Facebook. And if it doesn't work, I'm in the pit. 
No, no. Then yeah. use that to put food on the table. <laughs> like yeah. only spend, you know, what you could, you can, you'll be happy to lose as a, as a test budget, you know? Yeah. I mean, the it's, second, it's, go ahead. It's funny you share that. Um, we, so one of the, one of the training modules we have in our opulence program is um, a full Facebook ads course, funnel training, Google ads, all the rest of it. We don't do YouTube though. So we should talk about that. But yeah. um we had some clients recently who joined us. So they, they specialize in property. So particularly um, they help people that have got existing retirees who have got existing property to subdivide their block and they, they sell off part of their block and put money back in retirement. And um, they started going through the Facebook ads process. And it was funny watching them from the sideline because I remembered exactly what it was like for me many, many years ago uh, when we first started is that, you know, we spent all this time doing this funnel, we launched our ads and nothing happened. And then all of a sudden the leads start coming through and then you make your first sale. And I watched these guys going through this process of like, you know, one afternoon they're just hitting the refresh button on Facebook, just watching the leads, leads come in. And I found it today they made their first sale. So a sale to them, they, get, they make 50 grand off a sale, right? Wow. So it's a big deal. But watching the concern initially of like, oh, our lead cost is $35. Like, is that too high? Should we get it cheaper? Like what's going on? And there's all this unknown, but, but that's learning, right? It, it's learning to be unknown. And so part of what you said around consistency, I think too, is, is knowing your numbers, is reversing yep. and going, okay, well, well, what's the sale worth to the business and how much can we actually afford to acquire a client? And how much can we afford in our, how much can we afford in our education? Like, you know, purchasing one of your programs or working with us or something like that is that you're, yeah. you're, you're fast tracking your results. You won't have to spend thousands of dollars testing ads to get a winner because you're working with people who've been there and done that. And like, yeah. you know, we, we launched a new campaign today. I just checked it before. We're getting $1.90 leads from a campaign we launched today. Now, it won't stay like that, but it's like yeah. that's where you can get to once you know that skill set, right? And once you've, once you've gone through and you've done the, done the work and become masters in it. Did you have a third point there, John? Yeah, and, and funnily enough, it ties into basically what you've just said, but it was going to be in a, in a slightly different roundabout way, which is kind of, you, you've talked about this idea of knowing your numbers. I was going to talk about this idea of not making, like when, you, when you're running your Facebook ads, like trying to claw back every cent, you know, ASAP, because again, that's the short win. It's yeah. like, if you know your numbers, like you've just said, Barry, you can afford to go, right, I know how much a customer is worth to me at seven days, 14 days, you know, 28 days. And for people listening in, what I mean by that is, look, if, you've, if you're doing lead generation, so you've got people coming and joining your email list, you're, you're gonna have some people that purchase you know, in the first couple of days, you're gonna make a few more sales in seven days, then you're gonna have some other emails you send out, then your re remarketing is gonna kick in. Like, you know, you've got to know what your customer journey is gonna look like, yeah. and you can only do that by testing. You've gotta throw, that's why it comes back to the, the point I made about like, don't spend more than you can afford to lose, because you've got to put some test budget to yeah. find out what the numbers are, and then you don't play a small game, you know, you, then you play the long game of, right, okay, well, if it's costing me $5 for a lead and I'm making $3 on average back in the first day, well, actually, if I look a month down the line, that lead's worth 20 bucks to me. So I'm four to one if I look a month down the line. I'm negative if I look the next day. So, you know, the, the people that are really crushing it and scaling, you know, considerable numbers, because they're not looking at the immediate get the cash back. They're looking at, right, what, what's the long-term model here and what's working? Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because I see business. I was talking to, to another one of our clients the other day. Like They had a massive lead generation issue when they came. And now their, their issue or their complaining is that they're not converting. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Like six weeks ago, you had a lead generation issue. You've got leads pouring in now and now you're just not converting them. Like people need to start seeing business almost like a kinky hose. 
It's like you turn the, the turn the tap on, water doesn't flow at the end. So do you un, do you undo the kink closest to the nozzle or closest to the tap? You undo the yeah. one close to the nozzle, but the water's not going to flow. And even if you undo the one close to the tap, the water still might not flow out. But the business is, is, is a game of just going, okay, where's that where's that resistance, right? Where, where where's that where's that kink in in the hose? Fix that, and move on. And, and like you said, like once you learn these skill sets uh, within the marketing and digital space, it's like you've got them for life. Like you've got them yeah. forever. So yeah. you're prepared to spend the money in educating yourself, you're prepared to spend the money in actually doing the work and, and investing in ads as well. That, 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 that is so spot on. Cause like what I was going to say to you as well is like with the, um, with, with, with dabbling in YouTube, like the skill set that we learned running ads on Facebook, cause that's what we were before YouTube, right? We're running ads on Facebook. Like once we, once we dialed in on that, we knew what we were doing. You can kind of, with some tweaks, you can kind of just replicate that over on YouTube. Yeah. You know, like even the way the campaigns are structured, you know, for, for the for the ad, you know, the media buying geeks out there in terms of like campaign, ad set and the ad. Well, over on YouTube, it's campaign ad group ad. It's like, it's the same structure. They're just, they're, they're, they're slightly different. There's a couple of changes, but like, right. like you've just said, if you double down and you learn a skill, like in, in, in this example of just running paid traffic, like you just learn that skill of running paid traffic, you can jump onto another platform and you're already 90% there. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of stopping at YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, because we've kind of got all the traffic we need in those three areas. And you know, we don't want to overload the, in the team and whatnot, but, but we've got those three. If we wanted to, we could jump onto Twitter and start running ads and I could probably be up, you know, running tomorrow. I could j jump into this whole Snapchat phrase that's going on, which I'm personally not interested in just yet, but you know, like we, I could do, because once you learn an ad platform, you just jump onto another one, you know, and, yeah. and you kind of, there. so I totally agree with what you said. Yeah. So I, I suppose my parting words to, to the guests that are, that are watching and listening today is that uh, just realize your business is always going to be broken. Yeah. And, and whenever you feel that your business is not broken, that's probably the biggest cause for alarm because something's about to come and smack you over the head. Uh, so find a way to enjoy the journey. Uh, don't force yourself to switch off. Uh, just find a way to, to, to manage that. Uh, John Pemberthy from Legit Online, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so uh, grateful and humbled to, to have you on the show today and trust the guy's got a bunch of value. Uh, where can they find you? Dude, probably the best thing is just search my name online. I'm sure attached to this video or audio somewhere yeah. is my name. Just search my name on YouTube or Facebook. You'll find us. We've got a YouTube channel that's called Legit Online Marketing. Uh, Facebook page is just under my name. You know, just, yeah, just come find me on social media and come and connect with me. Yeah, so look, if you want to connect with John, if you want to learn more around Facebook ads, uh, YouTube ads, or what he's getting up to, just uh, look up uh, John Pemberthy. Otherwise, there'll be a link below. Uh, if you're looking to, to find a way to grow and scale your business uh, to six, seven, eight figures and beyond, uh, we'll put a link down below to you can book a game plan session with one of the Game Changers coaches where we yeah, have a chat to you, find out where you're at, where you want to go, uh, what the gaps are in between, whether or not we might be the best fit to uh, help you guys grow. And if not, uh, most likely we can refer you to somebody who will. Uh, John, mate, it's been a bloody pleasure. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure you tag it, share it, uh, comment below. It'd be awesome to uh, get you back at some stage, mate, to share the next part of your journey. Yeah, appreciate it, dude. Thanks much for having me. Good to hang out. I'll see you soon. Thanks, John.